I used to be one of those people who struggled with consistent creativity. Now you've heard me repeat that the secret to having good ideas is to have lots of them. So I prefer to take the disciplined work approach to getting a reliable creativity flow. That's this week on the Fuse Chamber podcast. You're listening to the Fuse Chamber podcast, where you get the elite mindsets and skills to ignite your voice and build your audience. I'm your host, Chris Williams, and I want to help you live the life you really want. Hey guys, welcome back and thanks for joining me once again. What are the common methods used by massively creative people and how can I get them to work for me? Well, first let's remember why we're here. To create the next generation of leaders in arts, business, and community. To create an elite tribe of powerful, successful professionals who redefine how artists and entrepreneurs can do what they really want to do with their lives, full of passion and without compromise. I'll show you who you have to become in order to win, and I'll be here to inspire you each and every week so that you stay inspired and stay driven. This investment of 15 minutes a week will create habits that forever change your life and career. I think there's a couple of different ways to be creative. One way is the hard way. This is the way that tends to be most effective for me, though. You simply sit down at a scheduled or prescribed time, whether you feel like it or you don't, and just start working. For me, that means starting with brainstorming lists, topics I might want to write about or explore. Now, sometimes the muse visits during that process and you get swept away. Delving deeper into one topic, generating all kinds of ideas and content, but whatever happens when you write all this stuff down, know that you're going to have to revisit it, to groom it, and edit it later. It rarely comes out in its most perfect form. The other technique is to sit around and wait for the muse to strike. Now, this way is obviously far less effective because the muse doesn't really strike all that often. And I find that when it does happen, even if you happen to have a keyboard or notebook ready to go and start writing down the things that were inspiring you, it'll gas out after a paragraph or two. At which point, trying to force the discipline of writing on top of the inspirational process basically makes the muse go away completely. So she showed up with some great ideas, you started writing, then you got a little too serious about it and she went, screw it, I'm bored, I'm leaving. What you're left with was really passionate, inspired stuff, but there's no substance. It never went anywhere. It's got no wings. So if you insist on this method, there are some things that can help. They can all be classed into the category of surrounding yourself with inspiration. You have to constantly be around things that make the muse come and visit you. And that will be different for everybody. For some people, it'll be books. For others, it'll be movies or music. And for me, it could be any of those, but it's also life experiences. So for whatever reason, I'm an extremely auditory person. So listening to audiobooks tends to do the trick more than anything else, more so than the written word on the page. So I continuously have to listen. And when interesting nuggets come up, they'll inspire me to write. And there's my muse. So wherever I am or whatever I'm doing, I have to write right now. So this is where I have to be careful because quite often the inspiring stories that I hear come not from audiobooks or podcasts, but from actual people 
telling their stories, or living their lives. And when that happens, I have to carry enough of it with me until I'm safely out of the room, can grab a recorder, laptop, or just a pen, and get it all written down. Sometimes a sentence or two is enough. So over time, you'll learn how much you need to write down in order to resummon the muse or that inspiration at a later time. You may not need to write down the whole thing, just a couple of sentences, just enough to summarize and trigger the whirlwind of stuff that's happening in your head. So of the two, the first method proves obviously to be more reliable, but it requires something that not a lot of writers think they have, and that's discipline. So the discipline to sit down at the prescribed time every day or a couple of times a week. Then the discipline to sit there and force yourself to write. And this can be particularly painful at times because it's often true that during these forced writing sessions, nothing good happens. So again, we can wish for the muse to visit during these brainstorming and writing sessions, but often it's just better to prepare. So if you have any kind of ritual, background music, anything in your mind, your body, your physical environment that makes you more productive or tends to lend to more inspiration, do it now. Do it first. So before I write, I make sure I have a full battery because I know I prefer my laptop or dictation software to a pen. And I'm not one to thumb things out on my smartphone. I'm shockingly productive when ironing or when driving, so I've learned that my voice recorder has to be around with fresh batteries all the time. Then, further discipline is going to be required when you go back over your ideas, looking for the little bits of gold. And remember, never throw anything away, because things that will seem stupid to you today will fit the bill exactly in a month or a year down the road. Now, one thing you have to get super comfortable with is not judging your work so much. Especially if you're looking back on things you wrote months or years ago, the temptation will be to think of it as juvenile or sophomoric, but if you have it in your mind when you're looking at it that it's no good, you're right. It takes tremendous discipline to go back through this stuff, comb over it, read every single word, looking for little tiny bits that may either cause the muse to visit or on their own make a really great starter dough for whatever it is you feel like working on today. So this exercise of combing through your old stuff can benefit from rituals as well. I like early morning when I'm at my desk before the day gets started or if I'm on the train. My headphones have to be on to block out the outside world. I need both coffee and water by my side. I need music or ocean waves or something playing through the headphones. I also have to be warm and comfortable. It's funny, in the winter, I have to have a sweater or a blanket on. In the summer, I might prefer sitting outside in the sun. But for whatever reason, morning definitely works better. If I try to do it in the evening, it probably has to be before 10 p.m. or my eyes and my brain get tired and sticky. So the point is I know what works for me and I make sure that I've set up the conditions to be successful in both environments. So in summary, I believe you'd be much happier with the quality of the work that you make if you work a little bit at a prescribed time every day. The habit of continuously and constantly chipping away and writing makes the act of writing a lot less scary, and that makes the creativity flow more easily, and that's a good thing. I think it makes the muse visit more often. But if you insist on the inspired approach, that's okay. Just be prepared to write and capture at every opportunity without notice. 
As an alternative, you can try to surround yourself with inspiration so that the muse visits by invitation. So figure out what method of inspiration works best for you, the one that provides the best results, because it's different for everybody. And then set up a schedule and routine to make it happen as consistently as you can. My experience is, however, that when the muse visits unexpectedly, she just drops short little bombs of inspiration that are hard to make into finished work of any length. So I often end up less happy with what I create using that method when the muse shows up out of nowhere than when I work hard to cultivate and welcome that visit. So I recommend you experiment and be open to both methods. In a way, you have to treat the muse as something that you serve, not the other way around. So you kind of have to be ready for it to visit, but you also have to be giving it offerings by continuously working, writing, chopping away, practicing, and creating perfect conditions for creativity to arrive. Experiment with both and see what works well for you. And I'd be really interested to have everyone's stories and experiences on how they get more creative flow. Because I can tell you at this point, I don't really have to work at it anymore. When I need to be creative, I can be. And that's where you want to get to. Folks, thanks for listening. You can reach out at FuseChamber.com or find me on Twitter at FuseChamber. Come in for some more insight and coaching next week.